Welcome to the Force Dyad Podcast, a Star Wars-centric podcast which aims to connect us fans to our fandom. Each episode, we discuss recent shows, movies, and what's new in books, comics, and gaming. We share our favorite theories and touch on our collectible hobbies, all in an effort to connect the galaxy far, far away to our own. And welcome to episode 13 of the Force Dyad podcast. It's me, Jedi John, back with... Obi-Sean. How are we doing? Oh, doing great, doing great. We are here tonight to cover uh, the first three issues of Star Wars The High Republic, uh, the Marvel comic. Um, should be a lot of fun there. And then we're going to recap. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we've been together, so we're going to go over uh, D- Disney Gallery. Um, the, la- the, next, the latest episode mm-hmm. uh, came out uh, featuring the Mandalorian finale for season two, which was the one we were missing. Mm-hmm. So um, looking forward to that. And then a little bit of toy news, just because we got some new releases hitting your local Walmarts, um, which, well, it's a hunt. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, go ahead and uh, roll right with the, uh, the uh, socials there. Um, Obi-Sean, take it away. Yes. Okay. So um, if you haven't yet, uh, join us uh, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. So Twitter, you can find us at Force Diet Pod, and then Facebook and Instagram, we are at Force Diet Podcast. And some other fun news um, while we're talking about the social stuff is uh, we are working on a website. Um, we will be officially a .dot com. Um, oh yes. I mean, technically, we are official, but the site hasn't launched yet. Um, but it'll be fun. We'll have uh, some in in depth uh, reviews, comics, books. Um, but we can also do like video games and and toy stuff as well. And then we'll have a merch store uh, where you'll be able to get some uh, t-shirts, t-shirts, and hats. hats, and maybe just maybe we'll turn it into kind of like a semi-collectible shop too, where perhaps we'll we'll sell some of our wares that uh, we've been stockpiling as far as action figures uh, for Jedi John, pops for Jedi John, and uh, maybe Lego for uh, myself so lots of fun stuff there um but yeah join us join us on one of our social social channels hit us up let's talk let's have a good time yeah absolutely we love uh we love talking to everybody i mean it's a good time when we can uh go back and forth over something um boy oh well it's been a while since we've recorded yeah i was gonna say man i I think it's been like two and a half ish three weeks yeah something like that life's been uh life's been fun Yes. It's just been busy. Fun but busy. Yeah. Work's been busy. Life's been busy. And fa- and football is, is gearing up. Um, Fo- football's gearing up. So um, all, in. all the fantasy football drafts are taking what free nights we have. Yeah. Yeah. Last week we were planning out nights and we were just like, well, what about this night? Oh, we have a fantasy draft. Oh, well, what about next Sunday? Oh, we have a fantasy draft. I mean, it, it's been um, it's been testing of the uh, the time off, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um but it's it's all good now. Now we're through them all. Mm-hmm. I think we're. I mean, are you done with them? I, yeah, I'm I done with mine. I, I don't. I so I've, I'm proud of myself because I've significantly reduced the number of leagues I've been in over the last three or four years. I used to run like four or five leagues. Yeah. Or not run, but participate in. Now I have a two. Uh, yeah. I have two leagues. I'm jealous. That I care about. I am in a third league with uh, some family. That's just for fun. We auto drafted at like two a.m. yesterday morning. So. Um, because we play uh, with some people uh, in Europe too. So, um, but I have two leagues that there's money on the line. Yeah, 
I somehow found myself in in four leagues with money on the line, and then a fifth league that drafted. I, I showed that to you the other day. Mm-hmm. It was horrific. <laughs> Um, the, an auto draft. Share, with some, share, yeah, share with share with our listening. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, sure audience. they all care about fantasy football. Some, for Star some Wars. might. Some might though. Um, but uh, some of the scoring in this league is uh, special, um, and also the roster spots are also equally special. Um, it looks like we got three QBs. What did I tell you? Four wideouts yes. are starting. Only two running backs still. But you also have a flex. And then we have a flex. Um, we've got a kicker, a team defense, and then we're playing an IDP. And and just the cornerback position, right. nothing else, just the corner. Um, who, who and they get thirteen points. Thir- thirteen points per individual tackle. Per tackle. <laughs> um, so that corner is going to be really valuable. I feel like. And that kicker, your kicker gets a point for oh, how many? Yes, every five yards is an extra point for the for a kick. So yeah, so if you've got the kicker for Atlanta, who is going to kick fifty uh, yard bombs all year, all year. Yeah, that's ten points on top of uh, on top the of the five, five the five point bonus that he gets for a fifty yarder. Yep. Um, so yeah, 15 points for one kick. It reminds me of the, uh, I do have the Atlanta kicker. <laughs> so you basically won the whole championship already. I mean, we'll see. It's like, it's like the league, our, our league, one, um, the one that we've had now for 18 years where we actually used to have that, where it was a three, four, five thing. And somebody had the, uh, giants kicker or something from 10 years ago. And he scored more points than some of the quarterbacks did. Yeah. So, and then they voted. No more. And we're not doing that anymore. <clears throat> no more bonuses. Sorry. You get three. Three is the, what you'll get. No more. No less. The number shall be three. three. So, yeah, but but the, I mean, the season kicks off Thursday. Yeah, uh, pretty crazy. So football's here. College football has been, and I know we're segueing into a sports segment here, but might as well. I mean, college football really took off this weekend. A lot of yeah, good games. Really took off. I watched none of it. Yeah, well, I mean, do you have a team that you pull for? No, don't oh. care. All right. Well, my Gophers got beat up pretty bad by. Actually, we didn't. We shot ourselves in the foot, and we only lost by two scores to Ohio State. So it's a pretty good game. Um, it wasn't terrible. We did lose our star running back for the whole year, though. So that's kind of bad. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was game one. Game one. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think he popped like his uh, Achilles or something. Oh, yeah. It not is not good. Anyways. Um, I guess that's enough sports talk. But yeah, good football. I don't want to talk about baseball because I'm angry. I don't watch. Ba- I don't get to watch baseball. That's yeah, smart. Well, because I have Hulu and Bally's apparently hates. Hulu. Yeah, we dropped a five-run lead in the ninth inning. <laughs> I did. Yesterday. Yes, the, the walk-off grand slam. <laughs> yes, yeah, really awesome. Just poor Cardinals that, nation. That does not happen frequently. No, no, that's a that's a that's one that's special. It's a real special one to be on the wrong side of. At, at least it was to the Brewers who oh, are yeah. already like yeah, sure. So far ahead that, makes me feel that we really can't good catch about them. It. Yeah. Anyway, it would have been worse if it was the Reds. It would have been worse. I I agree, but they don't have anybody on their team that would do that, so um yeah. that's, that's true. <laughs> they don't load the bases. <laughs> um sorry Reds uh fans out there. Um all right. Um, well, that's 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 our sports segue for the day. Um, <laughs> Join us next week when we gripe about our sports teams again. Can't wait, can't wait. All right, um, so let, let's dive right into the, the, the High Republic here. Um, I guess for our listeners that have no clue what the High Republic is, we should probably um, just give them paint the nice picture of where we're at in the Star Wars universe, um, which I believe happens roughly two hundred to two hundred and thirty years. Uh, before the sequels, correct, um, and is considered when the Jedi were at the height of their power, as mm-hmm. far as their reach in the universe, so to speak. 
Um, and then yeah, there, yeah, yeah, I mean their 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 sway, their allure. You know, they're standing with the community, community, the galaxy. Uh, yeah, it's never been it's never been brighter. Um, and and so and I would argue that this is probably when they had the most Jedi population, like the the largest Jedi population. Oh, probably. Yeah. Even compared to, because we saw the sequels and we saw what they were building at that point. And it was almost like they had an army of Jedi mm-hmm. in some cases, um, or at least younglings coming through, you know? Right. Um, but uh, at this time, it seems like they are all over the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the sequels, they didn't really go all over the galaxy until um, they were forming the Republic. Oh, excuse me, until they were um, oh, fighting the, the separatists. Right, the Grand, Army, the, the Grand Army of yeah, the Republic. Yeah, they were yeah. defending the Republic. Yeah, and, and you know, something to note, too, is is they're expanding, you know, a lot of the discussion in the comics and, and the books centers around a specific outpost that they're building in the Outer Rim called Starlight Beacon, which is uh, called a, it's a public work, a great work of the Chancellor, but it's meant to basically bring the outer rim into the fold with the mid mid rim and the core worlds to, to make it so that it is one, you know, one galaxy. We are all the Republic is, is the slogan for, uh, uh, for the chancellor for, for these great works. And so, so the comics, the comics begin after, um, after light of the Jedi, which was the first, um, adult novel first novel that came out yeah. for the high republic correct written by charles soul charles soul yeah. yep and i mean if you haven't read that yet uh the comics won't spoil anything for you you just might be confused and as to kind of some of the cells you know some of the scenes what's going on i don't this doesn't make a lot of sense uh it is better explained in in the book you'll it'll make a lot more sense and so um, i actually read some of these before i finished light of the jedi and then when i went back through and i reread them reread the comics that is it's like oh that's what's happening in the scene and it actually helps you connect i feel with the characters in the comics a bit better um so because there's multiple um overlaps as far as characters go but there are new characters that you had you had not seen yet is that correct that is correct that is correct Mm -hmm. yeah and and i know that there's some um crossovers with the young adult novels as well um with the first the first um and i'm the, the name of the book is is escaping me at this time but it's a claudia uh, gray novels right uh, yeah because because out of the or shadows and in, well because out of the shadows and race to crash point tower just came out so it was um light of the out of the shadows no that was one i just said uh anyways the that book and i know you're looking it up right now um was the young adult entrance into into the High Republic where where Light of the Jedi was was the adult novel. So, um, but there is some crossover with that with that book too. Into the Dark. Into the Dark. Thank you. That is it. Um, and so and so there are some characters in in the comics that you meet in that book as well. Um, but yeah, you're correct. the The main character actually you don't meet anywhere. Um, she's brand new. She's brand new, uh, and and that is. Her name is Keeve Trennis, um, and we are introduced to her as a Jedi Padawan. Well, I guess yeah, as yeah, a Padawan. In issue one, mm-hmm. we'll just get we'll just jump right in. Yeah, uh, and so you're introduced to Keeve, uh, basically being annoyed by a little uh, critter. Yeah, I, uh, they, they never, critter. yeah, they never describe explain or describe what he is. Um, 
but she's on the planet Sheridan, uh, which is in the Outer Rim, and it's it's as if she's tracking something, and all the while being, again, kind of heckled or annoyed by this this little guy, and uh, out of nowhere, she's attacked or ambushed, and the reader, as the reader, you're like, uh, well, this is quick, and you kind of recognize that the lightsaber color is is a friendly color. Oh yeah, it's blue, right? It's blue. It's blue. So you're like, well, this is either uh, this this is not uh, a typical uh, saber color that we expect for from an enemy, and then we learn that it's her master, <clears throat> Master Skr, the Skr, Skr, the trans the Transdosian, who we meet briefly in Light of the Jedi. Um, they don't go into a whole lot of backstory on them, so you're not really missing much if if this is your first entry into into the High Republic. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, so yeah, so she's she's ambushed. She's kind of complaining as Padawans do. Think Anakin and like, why are we here? Yeah, kind of whiny, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, wanting to know about the Jedi trials and. <clears throat> Skier tells her, "Well, why do you think we're here?" And and then he sets her on a well on on her trial on her trial, quest, to, on yeah. a, on a trial to, obta- uh, to obtain a medallion from the or, very top of a the spire yeah. or, or these these needles I think he calls them. And uh, while she's climbing them, all the while being followed just by heckled. What, and what was his name? His name was uh, Ken Kenry. Oh, I should have written more legibly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Poor notes. This is not good note taking. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, just really not a heckle like just like what are you doing? Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden you get that like, if you have no clue what a Jedi is, you kind of get that backstory of what what a Jedi is in the world um, of Star Wars. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Um, so like even if you had never seen Star Wars before, you're you can get a quick glimpse uh, mm-hmm. as, as to what what they believe they are. Right. Well, and and I I, I like too because um, before she. Uh, tries to send the the, the needles, Skier's like, are you afraid? And she um, kind of regurgitates one of her teachings about how there is no fear, only certainty. And Skier's like, um, yeah, there's other, you know, there's more to being a Jedi than just regurgitating the rhetoric. Um, so, I, <laughs> I, you know, which is which is kind of what you want from a teacher, right? Like, don't just spew out the answer I want to hear, Yeah. right? You know. If you truly have no fear, that's fine. But if you're just telling me what I want to hear... We're not okay yet, right? And so, so while she's while she's ascending these these needles, um, a horde of I'm gonna butcher this name. I think it's Radati or Radati. They're basically giant locusts, giant locusts. Like if these came out of the ground every 17 years, like the cicadas, we'd be freaking out. I believe it. And uh, and so, anyways, they've been um, they've been set off course because of the starlight beacon. Um, and the frequencies that they give out, basically they, they use frequencies in the ground apparently to, to navigate. And so the locusts themselves are on the way to destroy the town that our little friend is from, um, that's been flying around with Kiev. And she makes the decision to utilize her ship to basically redirect their path and more or less saves the town or saves the city. And we get back to to her with, on the ground with Skier, and Skier's like, um, "Where's my ship?" <laughs> and she just points to the sky, <laughs> and yep. and she's like, "I told I told him you wouldn't be cross, 
she's like, you're not cross, are you? And I love the writing, not just in this issue, but, but many of the issues, the, the way that the wit and the, the jokes are written. I, I, I always feel like it would be hard to convey, um, comedic, like comedic timing through a thought bubble and everything like that. But I mean, there's sarcasm thrown back and forth. Um, I mean, Kevin Scott did a great job writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, it's impressive, really. Um, it, it, it's 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 funny. It's the emotion, you know, as as you progress again is is quite good. But but in any case, you know, to wrap up the first issue, she ends up going back to Starlight Beacon. Um, all the while, we learn that Master Avar Chris has been put in charge of Starlight Beacon. Um, as the marshal correct um and that's because and that's something that you learn from light of the jedi i won't spoil that why that is the case um but but let's just say she wasn't supposed to be put in charge um it was kind of a necessity uh a necessity based on uh, some of the events that happened during light of the jedi and so so she's now the marshal uh keeve and skier come back and she thinks she's about to be disciplined for for the choices that she made like abandoning her trial mm-hmm. only only to find that she succeeded in whatever the trial was skier felt it felt or deemed it um worthy mm-hmm, of of being promoted to a jedi knight, a jedi knight yeah. so she has her um her braid uh removed and uh it pivots to the the dedication ceremony of Starlight Beacon, which again they kind of allude to at a number of times in the book, and so they finally get to do it, <clears throat> and it's really cool because you get all the all the Jedi on stage or a lot of Jedi on stage, and they raise up, you know, raise up their sabers, saying that Starlight Beacon is is the light for, you know, the Outer Rim worlds. We are here for you. We are here to connect you, and they say for light and for for light and life. Um. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, I guess the Jedi mantra, if you will. And, and you get, and you get a, a, a visual of, of Keeve crying, you know, oh, yeah, she pr- here. Pr- proud of herself that, that she's, you know, passed this first test. And, uh, and that's really how issue one kind of wraps up. Yeah. We move right into issue two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this one, it, it was, uh, it was a fun one. The first like issue really got us introduced to the characters we're going to be following, and then uh, the second issue kind of puts them right in the thick of action uh, and really really goes out. So they get a distress signal. They get partnered with the uh, the twins, um, which names are Tarek, Tarek and Surrett. And Surrett, yep. And Basically, they're palindromes. Right. The, and, yeah. The, the names are palindromes, and they're twins that are so... They're con- they're basically conjoined without being attached. Yeah, like if if something happens to one, the other one immediately knows. Correct. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's the ultimate twin bond. Yes, and uh, um, they get this uh, distress call. They end up going out to the ship, uh, and when they get there, it's been just obliterated. I mean, it, it, it's almost no hope. Um, but um, we figure out that there's life forms still on board, um, and they get on board and they realize that the entire place has been gassed, um, which is a common tactic from um, a known enemy for um, Skier. And uh, he realizes what, right away what it is, and it's... Uh, it's the Nihil. The Nihil. Yes. And 
uh, he knows how dangerous they are, and he has a, a flashback. Yeah, that that and that was one of the scenes or the pages where you read it, and if you haven't read the book, you're like this. This makes no sense. You'll you'll go through it, and then you'll just you kind of flip back and go, "What what did I just see?" And it's and it's a flashback to to something that happens towards the end of uh, Light of the Jedi. So, yep. And uh, so you you can tell he's already been affected by this. And then they get to the main room, and it's uh, while well, they find a dead hut, which is weird for them because why is a hut in that area of space mm-hmm. um, in the first place? Um, and it was multiple. I mean, it wasn't just killed. It was poisoned, like uh, blade stab wounds, uh, gunshot, uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah, and it's surrounded, you know, the the, the page, it's a full art page. And, and it actually turns out it's a variant cover because you have one of the variant covers oh, that yes. pulls from this page. And it's just utter chaos. I mean, you've got Gamorrean guards um, everywhere. You've got, over you've the, got the pirates, like the um, the skiff pirates. That we see in Return of the Jedi, yep, strung up <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, and then and then the hut is the center of the room, and so um, I do like this. Um, it kind of shows a different way for the Jedi. Like they are not just protectors or anything. Else. Like they are like little detectives, mm-hmm. and I like it. It's almost it gives me that Batman vibe. Like oh, this is what's happening. This is why. Let's dig deeper into the case and figure out what. I mean, it, and we've seen it before in um, TV shows like Clone Wars and stuff like that where. Obi-Wan and Anakin will find something and be like, we're going to pull this thread and see how far it takes us. Um, and so it was just kind of cool to see them kind of going around the room, finding different clues. And it's interesting you say that because, again, I keep going back to Light of the Jedi, but there's a bulk of kind of the middle part of the book where that is exactly what happens, where there's two Jedi uh, who are basically sent to figure out why this happened. And so they go and they interview, um, happens to be the Santecas, um, in the book, and if that name is familiar, that's because Laura Santeca was uh, in the Force Awakens at yeah. the very beginning. It's the same family, um, and so we'll get in. We'll do a Light of the Jedi kind of yeah. recap a different time. But but to your point, they're sent kind of on a detective mission to figure Go out down the rabbit hole, right? Exactly. See how far it goes, and, and 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 they use they utilize their their skills as Jedi to mm, manipulate. I'll kind of put that in air quotes. Yeah. Certain situations to kind of reveal the information they, you know, they're trying to figure out. Yep. Um, and then we get to the point where, um, Skir finds some, um, uh, we, 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 we well, said it was barley. Yeah. It's a type of barley. Correct. Sorry, uh, that has to do with the manufacturing of, uh, Bacta, which at the time was the new technology for, um, their, I mean, Bacta tanks as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bacta was still new back then. Um, so, um, or newer to them as far as technology goes for medical, um, stuff. So, um, and then they, uh, decide to find the planet that I'm, well, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. You're, I'm sure. you're skipping ahead. Cause there's a big action scene right. where, where it, it's you almost, booby, it's, well, it's almost booby trapped. So, so they come across something on the floor and it triggers an explosion right. and, and they're ambushed by what appears to be a lone, a lo- one uh, lone a nihil who was abandoned basically. And you see Skir, and this is a, this will be a, th- a theme that is built on, you know, beyond just the three books that oh, we talked sure. about today. And it's like this, this PTSD paired with darkness that is taking him over. I mean, 
literally I got the Anakin with the Tuscans. Yes. Like very similar anger and hate and rage. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, he cut this guy up. Oh yeah. Like, yep. And, and it actually, you know, to, to your point about him kind of acting like Anakin or Anakin acting like him, right? Keeve goes, did you have to do that? And he's like, um, do you think he would be dead if there was another way to go about this? And so, you know, it, it's... Yeah, they asked, could you have disarmed him? <laughs> well, I, I did, mean, right? I mean, in a I way, did. he did, I suppose. <laughs> he, he disarmed his upper half from his lower half. But, um, but it, again, it just shows... And the artwork, you know, we've kind of talked about it. The artwork does such an amazing job of of conveying that 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 rage and feeling that he has when he's <clears throat> taking care of this Nihil uh, marauder. Um, and so, yeah, so, like you were saying. And now we get the orders that we're going down to the planet, and it's even questioned on whether or not he's okay. And he was just like, yep, good to go. <laughs> Send me down. So he takes one of the twins down to... Which which twin twin he, he takes went? Surette. Surette went with him, um, <laughs> and Tarek stay and Tarek stays with uh, Keith. Yeah, and so um, they go down and they um, get down to the planet. Um, and when they're met by, it's so funny that there's opposition to both sides, right? So like you get to a planet and you're there to do the right thing, uh, unquestionably the, mm-hmm. the right thing, and you still find somebody that's just like you know what we don't need you. Please leave. Yeah, the, and the, and the guy. So what's his name? His name's Kalo Sulman. He's he's like the um, de facto mayor, I guess, of this little settlement, mm. and nobody cares for him. He's like, it, you know, and we'll later learn that he is very similar to um, what was the senator's name in the Bad Batch that uh, was in cahoots. Um, oh shoot, Senator Tyth. Um, uh, Boy, Tal, Tal, Ta, Senator Ta, yeah, and and we'll we'll learn later on in uh, uh, down the road that you know there's there's some dealings behind the scenes <clears throat> oh, as, sure there as are. to why you know Kalo doesn't or Kalo doesn't want the Jedi sniffing around, um, and so but Soret is distracted by a uh, uh, and why can't I think of. Uh, what is Greedo? Oh, uh, Rodian. Thank you. Yeah, he, he's distracted by Rodian uh, to to follow him into basically these decaying crops because everything is nothing will grow, um, which is kind of opposite of what you would expect to find given if you're going to a farmland, right? And uh, Surrett is actually ambushed uh, and um, well disappears, and we and we know this because Tarek feels it yeah and reacts in a way that is is you know as if he'd been stabbed basically <clears throat> and so avar and keeve go down to the planet to meet with skewer and skewer runs through the crops only to find a lone lightsaber a lightsaber in the dirt sticking out of the ground yeah so and surat has gone <clears throat> and so that's that's where that's issue it. two ends now we get to three and we go down the pit. And we go, we yeah. ju- jump right in. Yeah, I mean, we can just kind of, because there's not a whole lot at the beginning. No. Um, although there is some back and forth between 
Skier and Avar because Avar is realizing that something so, something's something off. is really wrong with him and and basically tells him to hang back. And so Keith's standing outside the ship listening to you know the two Jedi masters arguing with each other over 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 silly stuff and and, and all the while she's like, "Oh, okay. Um well, these people uh, offer me food. These people are offering me food." And then we uh Callow comes up again and is like, "We don't need you." Again, this is the second time he's saying, "We don't need you here." And uh turns out that Sorette is not the first person to go missing. <clears throat> that one of the families in town has had their son taken recently. And so she's led to to the place where Sorette was last seen and is met by a little boy. His name is uh Bartol. Okay. Yes. And uh and she and he leads her further into into the uh well, the cropland basically, and they come across this enormous sinkhole, which he then decides to jump into. Um, you know, because what child doesn't jump into a giant sinkhole? That's what you're supposed to do, of course. And so Keith grabs him with the force as she jumps down alongside of him. And so now they're in this pit, uh, alone, basically the two of them, uh, and and they're and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and they pivot back to the ship and they've brought the hut body to, yeah. to starlight beacon to, to, uh, analyze and excuse me. Uh, they start learning a lot. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's not a whole lot in this issue as far as the analysis is concerned that that gets picked up in right. future issues, which we'll talk about later. But, um, basically for the third time, Callow, is talking with Avar and Skier, and and basically he's like, "You guys need to leave," in so many words, and uh, and uh, and Avar is sent, or excuse me, Avar follows Keeve, um, or she goes out to find Keeve because Keeve's Keeve's wandered off, right? And so we're in the pit, and they come across Sorette, who's been strung up uh, and entwined in this sort of viney-looking thing. And this is where we are introduced to um, basically the big bad of <clears throat> of the higher public comics so far. I will say so far because if you're caught up, you, um, there there's there's an, there's another enemy that has become present. But to this point, um, you know, three issues in, this is the big bad, uh, and and it will remain a big bad uh, even in the later issues. But it's uh, it's called the the Drangir, um, or Drangir. The Drangir. You know, um, if you've played uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you might say it more uh, Norse. But uh, basically, it's uh, like Audrey 2 on steroids. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so uh, that's what it's, In the comic, that's what it, that's what it looks like. It's, it's like, feed me, plant. see more. Because <laughs> uh, all it says is, uh, meet, meet. Meat, meat, and I'm reading it straight from the page where we're first introduced to it. So all I can think of is eating. So it's if if again if you haven't read it, just imagine um, Audrey Two from Little Shop of Horrors, just covered in vines and about three times the size. And only and, three. That's what you're gonna get. Well, I mean the scale with the humans. 
humans are in the front of the picture. I so, know. You know so yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe four. It, it's it's large. It's large. Yeah. And so, so, Tourette um, is is cut down. Uh, Keith cuts him cuts him down, and and basically he's saying he's kind of been mind wiped by it, and and that seems to be the trend with this being because what it does is it it feeds it doesn't eat people per se but it it basically drains their their nutrients mm. their life force basically and so uh Keeve and Bartol and Sret are cornered and it looks like the end right and it's one of those where as you get towards the end of the issue um things are not looking good and out of nowhere Avar drops through the ceiling uh, uh or through the through the roof through through the floor and drops down and slices slices it in half and you're like oh this is going to be great this is wonderful we have we're safe we've defeated it only now it's like a hydra damn hydras <laughs> so it's Audrey 2 meets the hydra from Hercules and so cutting it in half has now created two that's uh, that's good. Standalone, just a new new problems, which is more than one, so not good um, for those of you doing math at home. Uh, and and so it, it the issue actually ends with Skier basically possessed by uh, looks like three Drangir. Yes, and and basically says the harvest will be bountiful, the harvest will be pure, and. And that's where it ends. <clears throat> and so the first three issues, like you said, do a really good job of kind of interest, introducing you to, you know, the new characters, the existing characters from the book that maybe you're not familiar with, and and do a really good job of setting up the introduction to the big baddie. <clears throat> now, four, five, and six, um, which we'll cover in a future episode, basically revolve around mm, the fight that takes place after this um you know it involves some other third parties and um you get more backstory into what the drengear are and and so again if you look forward to that if you haven't read the comics yet and you can find them you know for a decent price they're they're fun read uh it's my first comic book that I've ever read. Um, and I said that a few pods ago. Uh, and so as a novice comic book reader, I, I found it really enjoyable. Um, it, it's become quite easy to read. And as a, as a Star Wars fan, it's just a fun story. You know, there's some confusion as to, you know, what this thing this uh, the drangir in particular has to do with is it related to the sith um because there's some allusion to that in future uh, episodes future issues is it a standalone just thing monster of the week right um so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that unfolds and and i know that starting with issue seven and going forward we're now into the rising storm like territory where you might be seeing crossovers from the rising storm uh so i need to get on that as far as uh reading slash listening to it um, but i did read issue seven which is supposed to be 
kind of the beginning of that crossover. And uh, I didn't notice anything that was too spoilery. So, um, again, even if you haven't read the books, there's nothing that'll be really be um, super spoiled or and or and or super confusing. Yeah. Um, from that. So, uh, but but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, like like we said, the artwork is is great. One of the interesting things is how the art changes um, as you get into later issues. Uh, the character design like it's the same but but i don't know if the the illustrator is different um or if they're just going for a different look look um but but it is interesting to to see how how the artwork changes um and again the writing is really good the uh the story itself is is solid and i definitely look forward to uh to each new month's release <clears throat> yeah I don't think the uh, artist changed as a five. Well, as a five, it doesn't change, but you never know. Um, I don't have six in front of me. Yeah, so six. Some of it changed. Some of it All changed, right. but that's okay. Um, anyway, but yeah, and even if you don't want to read it, great. You can come here, and we'll recap it for you. Yeah. So you can still get the story without even having to read the issues, um, and uh, then question us on Twitter about our, our knowledge on it. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we're going to jump right into... Um, yeah, well, I was gonna say before we jump into the Disney gallery future, you know, some of the future, uh, episodes as far as discussing war, of the bounty hunter stuff, which now there's like five different. Yeah. We'll have a lot of stuff to cover there. <laughs> crossovers. So, um, a lot of good stuff as far as the comics are concerned. Um, not just new stuff relating to high Republic or war, of the bounty hunters, but you know, the Vader, uh, Vader comics, Dr. Afra, uh, that sort of stuff. So lots of good reading material. If that's your, if that's your jam. Yeah, sounds good. So, um, all right, yeah, and like you said, future episodes will have us uh, recapping War of the Bounty Hunters, and then obviously we still have four issues that we haven't covered for the High Republic yet, so we'll cover those. Uh, but now we'll get into the most recent episode of uh, the Disney Gallery, and that was the Mandalorian season finale. Which, um, when the first Disney Gallery came out for the Mandalorian, um, well, last year when it recapped season one, it mm-hmm. was like six i can't remember six or seven episodes i feel like and then this time they gave us one episode and then when you watched it you were like oh this is cool this is cool this is cool and then it just ended without doing anything for the finale and talking about luke or anything else and everyone was just like why why that happened well three weeks ago we got it um it officially launched and it was a whole episode just dedicated to the finale um and we got some cool tidbits and i think my favorite uh, I think our our shared favorite one was how they hid the reveal from mm-hmm. not just the world, but also their crew, their cast. Um, only the people that needed to know knew. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. I can't believe in the world of, in the day of social media. And Mark Hamill even, uh, or uh, I think John Favreau even talks about it. Um, uh, they both do about just how easy it is to, Leak stuff. Yeah, one leak. Like he talked. Like Favreau talked about Ahsoka being uh, leaked, uh, Tamar Morrison being leaked. Like they never released that stuff. That was so. The fact that Luke made it all the way to the end is is a is a minor miracle. Is a miracle as far as from a t- uh, film and television point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, and obviously, they had to dress up the uh, the script to be something different and look like something different to everybody else. Cause everyone else is reading the script saying, 
Oh, Master Plo Koon's coming back. What the <laughs> heck? They even had artwork uh, drawn up for him, which is I think is insane. Like um, to really play into the the uh, the uh, facade, uh, facade really. Like mm-hmm. I mean, everything. Yeah, yeah playing playing on the, the the they were playing the story hard. Yeah, and and one thing that I learned that I didn't know. And we talked about before we started recording that you did know was that Plo is actually Dave Filoni's favorite Jedi, which you know is interesting because Plo's not up there uh, on th- on many you know favorite Jedi lists. Yeah, I just think um, you know he was unique uh, when the sequels came out. I mean, he had an orange lightsaber um, or yellow lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. He was a different. I mean, he was he was not a humanoid, so like it was a different creature again, and uh, and on top of that, then he had um, something to breathe through. Mm-hmm. So like there was a lot of um, unique things about Plo Koon that well made him a favorite. Well, yeah, and I, and I think <clears throat> obviously our first exposure to him, which you actually probably don't even know it's him, is is in the prequel movies. He's yep. in. Um, episode two at the end and then he's in episode three um i think a couple different times um but but then he's unceremoniously shot out of the sky at the end of episode three but the clone wars cartoon yeah really dives they use him a lot they expand on him a lot and he's the one if i'm not mistaken who uh he he says the thing about the clones where um i think one of them says you know, we're just a number, and he's like, "You're not to me," or something like that. Where he actually cares about his soldiers in the way that, uh, uh, like Pong Krell, for example, didn't. didn't yeah, didn't, um, to say the least. Um, no, the uh, yeah, I, that episode was one of the first times you meet him, I think, and he's, um, his soldiers are running out of air because they're trapped, and he um, is trying to figure out a solution to save them. Um, so yeah, but he definitely shows his compassion and, uh, how much he cares for others. But, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons Floney, mm-hmm. I mean, he wrote that though. So, you know, yeah. um, and, but yeah, uh, cool, cool Jedi nonetheless, but, um, and it, but it's still cool to hide about behind somebody. And even Floney was just like, yeah, if it gets leaked, cool. Just chalk it up to me, mm-hmm. me bringing back one of my favorites. Um, that would have been an interesting retcon. I, oh yeah, I again mean, because he's in a ship that ap- appears to explode against the side of it. He may have crashed, but <laughs> in Clone Wars, he can breathe in space for a little while. That's true. That 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 is a good point. But um, th- yeah, that, that still would have been <laughs> that still would have been an interesting story if if, if that had been it. Uh, the the interesting thing, one of the things that's that came out of the gallery that I saw some people commenting about on Twitter was. Uh, Filoni's discussion around, you know, how is Luke being trained at, you know, post post Return of the Jedi, and oh, then yeah. and then pulling in Ahsoka and saying how Ahsoka has more training, uh, because she's his senior, which she yeah, is. Yeah, she is, and you forget about that a lot, right? It's just well, well, and originally we didn't know Ahsoka existed when we knew Luke for the first time, right? And so I think a lot of people interpreted that statement as him saying that. Ahsoka was more powerful than Luke, um, which. But he didn't say that. But he didn't say that. He said she had more. Training. She had more training, which you could impl- infer that means that she is more skilled. Which 
perhaps she is. Yeah. Um, it also doesn't guarantee and, that. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter either. <laughs> but everyone was losing their minds in, in Twitter arguments back and forth of, oh, you know, Filoni favoritism, you know, with Ahsoka and what is he saying? And it's, and, or of course, you know, how can Ahsoka be more powerful than Luke? And it's just like, does it really matter? I mean, it, w- one of the things in like the expanded universe and legends that, you know, they took after Return of the Jedi was, you know, they were able to expand on Luke's power and Luke's skill because the original trilogy, he gets to be, or he, he, you know, and Mark Hamill actually says it in the gallery. He goes from farm boy to trainee to Jedi, and then you don't get to see him afterwards. And so, you know, that was one, one of the things that Mark Hamill himself enjoyed about this last episode was you kind of get to see what he's up to Luke in, you know, maybe ascending into his prime, you know, he's only a few years post return of the Jedi. So he's probably not, he's not there yet, but, um, but he's he on his, tra- he's on his way. But he's still training to, to some degree. So who's training him or is he training himself? Well, I think it's a mixture of both. Okay. Cause I think he's training himself because he's got the text. Do you think, go- uh, I think it's ghost, ghost, ghost Yoda, is- ghost Yoda, Obi-Wan. Do you think Qui-Gon's helping? Who knows? Maybe even his father. Oh, that would be cool, yeah. So, I mean, it's possible that he communed with multiple different Force ghosts. That would make sense. And would help him um, learn to use a Force better or whatever else. But, dude, that Force crush, just... Epic. (laughs) Sorry. That was... It was so good. Yeah, what a dark side command there. (laughs) You know, and and I think... uh, to, to, to the point about the Force Ghost, too, is, you know, when Luke goes to set up the Jedi Academy, he kind of needs some guidance. guidance as to how to do it. And and so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be um, far-fetched to, to think that Yoda and, and those guys would, would help him with that. Um, <clears throat> but the... Uh, uh, and I've just lost my train of thought. This is beautiful. You're good. Anyways, um, that's fine. The, uh, you know, the, oh, the Ahsoka stuff. That was, that was what I was talking about. So, I mean, the concept of Ahsoka being stronger than Luke at this period, I mean, it would make sense to some extent because she just has more extensive training. Doesn't mean she's, quote, better than him or, or anything like that. And so the whole, you know, and it's, it's the, one of the major ills of social media is that, you know someone can interpret take something out of context and then just blow it up for for no reason other than interactions right you know which which does nothing to further our enjoyment and it's really easy to stir the pot though oh super easy. oh my goodness you can just say one thing that's very one-sided and it just it will fire up the masses bring up anything about the sequel trilogy and people lose their minds (laughs) Imagine this thing, and everyone loses their minds. You, you have you see the memes of of the Joker from uh, the Dark yeah. Knight. It's just it's amazing. Because um, I mean, every, I mean, I'm a huge fan. You're a huge fan. Um, but it's amazing that we can still have a discussion, even though we were to have differ different mm-hmm. viewpoints on it. And it's not like a screaming match about how you're wrong and how Star Wars sucks. <laughs> um, it doesn't suck. It's somebody wrote a story. Like, and stories are. You know, there there's going to be some level of straightforwardness, but it's also open to interpretation. You know, especially stuff that hasn't been created. 
And so, you know, that's why looking forward to like the Ahsoka series will be fun. The Obi-Wan series will be fun because it'll fill in that time period that, you know, who doesn't, who's not amped for that one. Right. Yeah. I mean, the casting in all these series, all these sort of anthology series are going to fill in those more timeline details. Book of Boba. I mean, the list goes on. We got and, a lot. And we the, lot I mean, and the Bad Batch is filling in that gap in between um, Order 66 and, and Rebels. Rebels, yeah. You know, so, but then the whole, because I think they spent probably 15 minutes or so talking about how do we create young Mark Hamill. And it was cool. The I, technology they used was cool. I mean, the deep fake technology with some of the de aging technology, I mean, computers. You know, everyone, I think when we first see Terminator and the the machines taking over, I mean, the the, the fact that it, that you can plug in images from, you know, the Internet if you want, although they had a lot more archival stuff, and it can intelligently place the correct face at the correct point with the correct lighting, it's just, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Can you imagine the server... <laughs> the, the processing power I, to do amazing. that. Amazing, you know, it's just amazing. And the fact that they synthesized his voice, yeah, for, for the speaking parts, and that was done by um, machine learning too. They just plugged in a bunch of, you know, high fidelity audio recordings, yeah, and allowed the robot basically to create a seamless. Which, if you listen to it, it does sound fake. Um, but the fact that something exists to allow you to bring back the most popular character, maybe next to Darth Vader. Yeah. In um, Star Wars history. Ever yeah. for that scene, for what that scene was for season two and for the overall arc of Mando and Grogu, <clears throat> you know, and the fact that I called it kind of back in October, you know, before the season ever just keep started. Just, just, I'm just going to play that. I'm going to, cause it's the only thing I've ever gotten right. Um, ahead of time but to be able to do that to be able to be where we are <clears throat> from a technology standpoint to get that last scene you know with the fight you know which I realized wasn't that part wasn't Mark Hamill but just to see Luke be Luke yeah was I mean it was goosebumps when I saw the X-Wing I'm like it can't be him it's him no it can't be him and then you see him with a cape, and you're like, no, that's him. And you're like, well, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's somebody else. And then you see the gloved hand, and you're like, oh, no, this is Luke Skywalker, like really getting amped up all of a sudden. And then, yeah, um, he opens that door after just going through his hallway scene mm-hmm. and takes the hood off, and you're just... And if you ever want to relive it, because I have goosebumps now, um, there are multiple fan reaction videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go watch while they were live streaming, going freaking crazy and you can just live the moment again with them and it it's still awesome it's still an awesome moment well, yeah and, and they have um uh john says that uh that scene when he first when he walks onto the bridge is the only time is the first time that they that they use original star wars and it's the force oh, theme yeah. right and luke's theme, or yeah. luke's theme sorry and I've seen YouTube videos where they where they mirror or they they overlay that that music onto that entire scene with the 
with the hallway and, and mm-hmm. everything like that. And you get, I mean, I'm kind of getting goosebumps now thinking about it. Just that sound, that music that John Williams created with that moment and everyone who's who's grown up with Star Wars, who's, I mean, maybe not brand new to Star Wars, but if you know and have a love for for this this world this this universe like those of us like us do and you know people listening do and like that is one of those things that you'll always remember just because like we weren't around for the original trilogy and and you know yeah we got the sequel trilogy but you don't get to see them you know your 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 favorite characters you know the original trilogy characters kind of in their own this moment you get what you always envisioned from a skill set from from their power and to have that you know inter, inter, intertwined with the original music you know it's just it's just an emotional you know it, it plays on it plays on your emotions in so many different ways um, and and for that scene with mando giving up grogu it it's just i mean I I, I I teared up watching it again today. Like, yeah. him giving him away, <clears throat> you know, because that's what he's supposed so to sad. do. It was so sad. Well, picking up his helmet mm-hmm. uh, is just terrible. Oh, God. And I then, don't want to think about and it then, And then, you know, he gestures up with his hand to his mm-hmm. face, and, and, you know, he says he doesn't want to go with you, and then Luke says to him, he wants your permission, you know, because that's what, that's what Mando's become is, is his protectorate, his his parent for lack of a better word. And so, but that, you know, going back to the gallery, the fact that that technology exists to have an as close to real return of the Jedi Luke in that room, in that moment, I mean, knocked, you know, they knocked it out of the park with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. That's, I mean, the gallery did a great job at encompassing what we all wanted to see and feel and um, let us relive it one more time. And yeah, I mean, like I said, if you want to relive it, go watch some of those reaction videos because they are, um, they're fun mm-hmm. and uh, get, they get emotional just like I know I was emotional the first time I watched. So it almost makes you relive your emotion. And well, when you're really happy, who doesn't want to relive that? For sure. So, all right. You got any more thoughts on the Disney gallery? Not on the gallery. No. I honestly just. I hope mean, I they, do, but you know, we'll save that for another time. I just hope that they come out with more. I mean, I just want more. I, I always want more. I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. I just want more Disney galleries. It, they could have done a whole each episode breakdown again. Oh yeah, and I would have been for sure great with that. Shock collars. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The, um, the 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 dogs are out and they're having fun and that's okay. Yeah. So our last little bit, we'll talk about, um, you got some toy news. Yeah, to just share. a little bit of toys. So if uh, you know your local Walmarts and uh, how empty they are for Star Wars toys, uh, hopefully they're going to get some soon because uh, we've got the Bad Batch, Bad Batch Rex coming out with his little cloak over him. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's selling for like $100 on the secondary market right now because only select stores have received them yet. And uh, as far as I know, no online orders have gone out yet. And last time Walmart did an exclusive figure with massive online orders was the Clone Wars Ahsoka line with her 
um, her and uh, the trooper and the loyalist and the uh, Maldalorian mm-hmm. um, figure. And yeah, they royally screwed it up um, and oversold online and canceled a bunch of online orders. And then the in-store obviously was just a nightmare to find them. So um, if you find them in the wild, please go ahead and pick them up and mail them to me. My address is, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, but hopefully my online order does not get canceled from them. Um, but those are hitting shelves um, anytime now. Uh, they are being released. And then the uh, Bad Batch. Oh, shoot. Which one is it? It's the um, the red one that we see. Uh, the, Imper- the clone shock trooper. Oh, the shock trooper. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, that's also being released through Walmart. Um, and it should be coming out. It's also out right now being found in stores and yeah that one's about double the retail price on the secondary market also so it's making these incredibly hard to find because anyone that finds them just scoops them um well that's the thing when you have online orders and in-store orders and they're that staggered i mean it happens with lego too where where stores will put them out you know three or four days before the street date or you know before they're supposed to go live and and then you know people are picking them up and and trying to flip them in a three-day window because, oh, look, nobody can get these yet. And it's like, well, they come out in, you know, three days. But the but with but I don't know how that is with action figures. Um, yeah, it sometimes it just depends, and that's what... Like if there's a street date? Yeah, there's, or, a, there's a street date occasionally for some, and then others there's not. And sometimes online beats a store. Sometimes stores beat online. And it also depends on which vendor you went through. Like if it's just a common figure, Entertainment Earth might beat Hasbro, Hasbro to get them to you, which I think is the most ridiculous thing ever because it's Hasbro's product. Is that an online retailer, Entertainment Earth? Yes. Okay. Mm, yeah, they do a lot of collectibles. They Got actually it. do a really good job. They're actually one of my preferred online retailers that I go to because they offer like uh, collector's packaging and stuff like that. So things come to you. And, and, and they're not crushed. They're not crushed. Right. Yeah. They do a good job over there. Um, cheap plug for a different internet site. Whatever. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy going there for stuff because... Um, they do, everything comes perfect. Um, if you, if you order it that way and then, uh, but yeah, sometimes they beat the online or the, um, Hasbro, sometimes Hasbro beats everybody. Sometimes Walmart beats everybody. It just really depends on the distributors and how fast they can get them to who they're getting them to. Um, cause I obviously Hasbro has to fulfill these orders to these big box stores, mm-hmm. um, also. So it just kind of depends on who gets the order first. Um, and then uh, coming out at Target, you've got Admiral Rampart uh, and Crosshair in his um, Imperial gear. Oh, cool. Um, that's coming out. Uh, I think they actually got pushed uh, by a month, so I think it's actually going to be October 1st now. Um, so look out for those in store. And then uh, they are coming out with new excuse me, um, Galaxy's Edge figures at Target also. Um, they went back to their, which I'm okay with some of these because some of them look really nice but they're doing their um their carbonized line but they're doing them for the galaxy's edge figure galaxy galaxy's edge figures wow i'm really losing it tonight (laughs) um but they uh they're doing a biker scout a mountain trooper i think and then one more so they've got three carbonized troopers coming out for um for target so that's kind of cool uh just because you know, I mean, for me, it does give the troopers a different look. I especially like the troopers in this. Like, the Vader looks good in it, too, um, and so does Boba. But uh, I do like that Stormtrooper, and I 
I mean, and the um, Sith Trooper on the other side up there in my wall. Yeah, it's like the metal. It's like a me- metallic. Uh, those are the the extra shiny ones. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think they look really, really good, and I can't wait to add some more to the collection. Um, but those are the Galaxy's Edge exclusive ones. Um, and then that does it for my action figures. I mean, they continuously release. Uh, pops. I mean, all the Bad Batch ones are out at this point. I, I haven't seen any new releases for those that are coming, um, but they continue to to release more. Because um, yeah, that's what toy makers do. They make toys as long as people are buying them, and they know people are going to buy them. Oh yeah, especially, especially Star Wars. Especially Star Wars right now. It's it's crazy. Um, but yeah. Um, but other than that, that's that's it for um, my toy news. Because uh, as everybody knows, I'm big into the Black Series figures, so. That's my thing. Oh, I don't. Did we we covered the Rancor got revealed as the. Um, I, I think we didn't in the last episode. Yeah, the Rancor got revealed as the Haslab, and uh, I'm only two months away from holding my my. Uh, oh, your um. Uh, why can't I think of the name? Razorcrest. Razorcrest. Sorry, yeah, I'm losing it. Right, I told you, I'm losing it's it. Li- it's late. It's getting late. Yeah, but, it's late for dads here. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the Razorcrest comes in in a couple months, and I cannot wait. Oh Where are you gosh. gonna put it? Uh, I might just hang it from the ceiling, right would, over your head. That would be cool. That way, I can stare at it while you're recording. <laughs> I'll just I'll just sit like this, and then people go, "Why can't I hear him?" It's because I'm just staring up I'm the staring entire. Staring up at the, at the <laughs> staring up the entire, hoping it doesn't fall on my head. Um, I can't wait to, for the extra goodies too, because there's like they add they I we unlocked mm-hmm. all the add-ons because you know Star Wars supports its stuff, and we got all the add-ons. Yeah, because so, like, I don't know because the the Haslab that's going on or was going on was a Marvel one, I think. They did the Sentinel, and they were they were like I don't think they had. At, at the time I saw the email, maybe they got there, but they didn't have full funding and they were like two weeks out. Oh, the Sentinel made it to a lot of stuff, I think. I mean, that thing's huge. It, I mean, no, it no, it's the one that Marvel. was just that was going on just... Oh, I'm not sure what else they got going on because well, yeah. I, I can't break into Marvel too. I imagine what would happen to my room. I mean, I wouldn't you, have a room. I, would, we, we I mean, we've we've joked about an additional house. We, we Yeah. Huh. Well, you would actually need that. We would actually have a cabinet down the center, and that would be... You could only walk like, like a library of you, shelves. You, you would have two little windows that we could see each other through, and the rest would just be surrounded by by figures. I mean, that'd be pretty cool, actually, All right. now that I'm thinking Let, about let's it. Let's start building. We can do it. It'd be like the Hogwarts library of, of action figures. Yeah, like the, the, the middle can just be... Um, all that stuff, and then the in the table can still be well. A table will mm-hmm. be built into it, obviously. Gosh, I mean, we. Uh, oh yeah. And then it can go all around it us. It have like a it have like a bunk feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that oh, would be yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, all right. That's our look, DIY project look for forward, the winter. Look forward to uh, improvements <laughs> to come to the Jedi Temple. All right. To just house more stuff. I'm sure I'll fill that before I buy anything Probably. else. Probably. I, so. I mean, you've got stuff here in boxes just ignore that it. have nowhere to go Stop yet. Stop it. Don't tell my <laughs> secrets, and my wife doesn't listen to this, which is fine. Um, but anyway, until next time, everybody. May the Force be with you. <laughs>